If you experience anxiety, you will almost certainly be risk assessing constantly, whether you realize it or not, for everything, or at least many normal activities. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Overcoming Anxiety with Dawn Morgan. Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning to you all. Hello and welcome to Overcoming Anxiety with Dawn Morgan. Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are. We all have choices, small ones, big ones and scary ones. And for a lot of people who experience anxiety, choices can be really challenging. These choices can be described as decisions, but regardless of what we label them as, they are choices. Anxiety is all about the what ifs, the worry, the concern, or fear of what might be, an overactive risk assessment of what is to come. When I formally learned about risk assessments, when I did an IOSH course many years ago, I could understand why so many people go over the top and misunderstand risk assessments. For those of you who are not aware of formal risk assessing, there are two parts to the initial assessment. The first part is the level of consequence, i.e. how dangerous it is to the person about to carry out the task. And the second part is how likely it is to happen. Then you give each part a number and multiply the two numbers together to determine if either can anything can be done to reduce the risk, you know, put in place safety measures, etc. Or if not, question whether the task should even be carried out by that person. So there are a few things to note here. Each risk assessment is relevant to the individual the person who is about to carry out the task and should be adjusted for each individual that does this particular task. Something that's rarely done. Many businesses just consider the person that normally does the task rather than the one who may do it occasionally. So as an example, an experienced long-standing member of staff versus a new young apprentice, the risks are quite different and good employers would adjust for this. Another thing to consider is the likelihood. If you fall from height, you could die, or you might not. But dying is the highest level that of consequence for that particular thing, the working at height. However, if safety equipment is provided and used properly, the likelihood is incredibly small. So a risk rating is actually acceptable because it's pretty low. Even though the consequence is high, the risk is low because the likelihood is low. There is risk in pretty much everything we do, so you cannot mitigate all risk. It just, it's just not possible. So that's for the workplace, but how about in our daily lives? If you experience anxiety, you will almost certainly be risk assessing constantly, whether you realise it or not, for everything, or at least many normal activities. I did this and for the most part I didn't know I was doing it. When my youngest children were in junior school we had Fairground come to our city. I took them to enjoy the rides and they wanted to go on the big wheel. Now I don't fear heights in the conventional sense so I agreed to take them both on it. My eldest stood at the bottom and watched us while the three of us climbed onto the seat and I had one, each chi one child each side of me daughter one side, son the other. 
and the ride slowly filled up with other passengers and we enjoyed the sights of the city as we climbed. It was a great, great thing and everything was fine up at that point. Then the ride sped up to its full speed and we all enjoyed it. And as the ride started to slow down and we were sat at the top of the ride, stationary, my son started to rock the seat and my daughter didn't like it. So I told him to stop as messing around at this height wasn't a good idea and it was frightening his sister. He did as he was told, which was slightly unusual, but at that point he, he did do what I asked him to do. But it, it had already triggered me. I went into full risk assessment mode and my fear response was totally activated. It was horrible. I was running through the what if scenarios, all the hundreds of scenarios, most of which were highly unlikely. So technically were no risk at all, but one stuck with me. And to this day, when I think of that ride, I can recall my thoughts. I had two children in the seat with me, one each side of me, but only two hands. One hand would need to hold onto the structure and the other would hold on to a child. But which child? Which, which one would I save? Which decision would I make? Even now, it sends a chill down my spine. Thankfully, I didn't need to make that choice and we descended safely. But I am not sure I will ever want to go on a big wheel again for fear of triggering that feeling of impossible choice. See, the fear of making the wrong choice keeps us stuck. It can be totally terrifying in the moment as mine was on, on the big wheel. Uh, but a normal day-to-day -day stuff, we can spend hours, days, weeks or months procrastinating about choices, about decisions. And I understand that some really big decisions or choices need some careful thought. But most do not. We we can help indecision or floundering choices by having a plan. What would we like to achieve? What are we working towards? Choices are easier when we have something to work towards. So if, for example, you're wanting to shed a few extra pounds or increase your fitness level, if you have a menu plan and shop for the right foods, or you have a fitness plan so you know what you need to achieve or do each day, the choice becomes easier. We can do this with life too. I recently had a conversation with someone who had just retired and they were struggling with each day. Initially, they enjoyed not having to get up for work and, and they managed to sort out some things that they had wanted to do for a long time, but they just could never find the time when they were working. But now those things were done and they found themselves in a state of limbo, a real sort of stuck state with so many choices, they didn't know which way to turn. So we had a bit of a chat and I suggested that they make a list of what they would like to do. And as they think of other things, just add them to the list, small things and bigger things. That way, whenever they felt a little lost, they could remind themselves of the things they wanted to achieve and schedule in a plan to make them happy and make them happen. Too much choice can feel overwhelming. So having a plan and sticking to it to focus on one thing at any one moment and just a few things in any day or week, that can really help. We can waste so much time doing nothing productive, like scrolling through social media, watching Netflix, listening to the constant news agenda. 
How depressing is that? Life is so much more than that. Take a walk, read a book, experiment with a new recipe, experience the world as it is, rather than through man-made media. Having a list helps you choose something. Fill your life up with things you are passionate about. Take your list of things you want to do and put them in your diary. Something each day, something you want to achieve, and then you can. Wake up each morning and ask yourself, what is my plan for today? What excitable, enjoyable thing is in my diary? And just do it. No hesitations, no excuses. Just do it. Thank you for listening to today's show. Please follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. Whilst you are there, please also comment and review as it helps me and other listeners know what is good and what is not. If you would like to get in touch, feel free to reach out to me via the contact details in my show notes or through Facebook at Finding Freedom Club.